Hello, friends. I would like to invite you to listen to a very special episode of the Patchwork Girl and Friends. For my birthday back in April, two of my very good friends, Albert and Ebeth, decided to make a podcast episode especially for me, and they have given me permission to share it with you. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I did. Enjoy! You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. Hello, and welcome to the Patchwork Girl and Friends podcast. Today, with a heavy emphasis on the friends, as the Patchwork Girl is not actually here. Where is that Kendra today? I haven't seen her recently. Yeah, unfortunately, she's not in the same country we are anymore, which makes us very sad. Yeah, we're sad, but I think the show must go on. Yes, agreed. So, my name is Ebeth. I have been a guest on the podcast before, and today I I have the hubris to call myself the host and I'm here with Albert Wolf. And I have the hubris to accept the invitation to be on someone else's podcast <laughs> with someone who's not the host. <laughs> and here we are. And it's so fun already. We haven't even started. Yeah, I'm so excited. So the patchwork girl, Kendra, who we're both a huge fan of. Big fan. She always um asks her guests on her podcast, what is it that you want to talk about? And you told me that what you would like to talk about is self-referential media? Yeah, I I think I would probably call it the medium is the message. Okay. Um, So tell me about that. Why did you pick this? What what is it? Can you give us some examples (laughs) so that we know what we're talking about? I don't blame your listeners for not knowing what I mean by that. I haven't really found a great term that kind of encompasses all of what I like about it. So... Uh, just imagine this. Like, if I say to you, hey, can I ask you a question? Oh, okay. You, you that, see, that's a question. Right. You already have. Right. So that's why I actually stopped doing that. I actually now say to everybody, can I ask you two questions? <laughs> I bet that goes over well. No, they hate it. They yeah. don't, they always, they're I, always I like, would... sure. They're like, sure. <laughs> and then I ask my one question and they go, what's your second question? Oh, it was the first question that I already asked, and then, the, you know, they're really annoyed. So, I admit, this is a kind of niche uh, <laughs> humor or, you know, appreciation, but I'm just really into that, where the thing that you're trying to do is also presented in a way that helps that message. So, yeah, you, you said, is it like self-referential humor? I think it is part of that. Like, um, what are some examples of, like... uh, So, for example, uh, the... I can't remember the acapella group that did this song back in the day called Title of the Song. Right, right. Where they just mock... They basically encompass a typical pop song by just saying what they're doing as they do it throughout the song. Right, the chorus is something like, title of the song. Yes. naive expression of love. Right, yeah. <laughs> so the words they're singing are like the description of what would be there. Exactly. So that's good, that's a, that's a good example. So that's like a satire, uh, mm-hmm. where they're, like, they're kind of defining their own terms and then using them. And yeah, that's part of it, that's, but that's not all of it. That's kind of like a... I suppose at its worst or simplest, <laughs> this thing that I like 
is like being really witty at, okay. at its simplest. And so I would say that's a very witty kind of satire. And, you know, the Simpsons are very good at this sort of thing. <laughs> you know, there's an episode where they say where they're criticizing in the Simpsons, they're criticizing a TV show that they watch for just introducing a new character. And they say, they hate, I, know, I hate it when TV shows just introduce a new character because they have no better ideas or something like that. And then a new character we've never seen before in The Simpsons walks in and says, <laughs> I totally agree with that. And they're like, yeah, thanks, Roy, or whoever this guy is. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that like really witty self-referential thing. But there's like, there's more to it. I really like when there's trying, like a message that's trying to be communicated and the, the packaging of the message is the message. So there's this kind of famous painting by, I had to look up how to say his name because I don't speak French, René Magritte, or <laughs> René Magritte, <laughs> to us to Americans. Us Americans yeah. He has this, um, he's this kind of uh, a Belgian surrealist painting, mm-hmm. painter, and he painted a really realistic painting of a pipe like right. that you smoke. I've seen that. Not not the original painting, but I'm familiar with the painting, yes. And the, you know, under it, the title, it says, in the painting, he's painted right on the canvas. This is not a pipe in French. Mm-hmm. And so, well, but it is a pipe. You know, it looks mm-hmm. like a pipe. But if you really think about it. And, you know, he was interviewed later and he's like, well, just try to fill it with tobacco. <laughs> yeah. Try smoking that pipe. Yeah. Right. And so his message there is like, images are kind of deceptive or treacherous or like they can never do justice to the real thing. And by painting something like that, he's really like helped his message a lot. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and so like another example from film would be basically Christopher Nolan is very, very good at this. Mm. So there's this movie called Memento. Spoiler alert. Should we say spoiler alert? Sure, let's say spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert, everybody. Stop listening immediately if you don't want to know what Memento's about. So, yeah, and it, it is an experience worth having. If you, A lot of questionable content. Questionable. Just um, throwing that out there because Parental I Parental warning. Yes, not for children. But yes, in terms of experiencing the message through the medium, it is a very effective uh, and worthwhile experience to have, I would say. Yeah, so you've seen it, obviously. I saw it with you, actually, I think, for I don't the first doubt that. time. I don't yeah. doubt that. Because I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I love, that thing, whatever it is. <laughs> and so like the guy has memory loss. And he doesn't know what's going on. He finds himself just thrown into these situations. Like, how did I get here? And the way the movie is made, the viewers experience that same feeling because it's all chopped up and it's all out of order. The movie's all out of order. Like, whoa. And we're really disoriented watching it, just like the character in the movie must feel about his whole life. Right, so, because you, when you see a scene, you have no idea what's happened before the scene, which is exactly how he which is his condition is that he can't remember what just happened and you as the viewer don't know what just happened so you really fully enter his experience exactly and so that message of wow that would be crazy to live like this is really helped and propelled by the medium of film and Christopher Nolan's very clever and award-winning and and that's the movie that really made him famous Mm -hmm. Um, storytelling and so that's a, that, I think that's an, a good example of the medium is the message. The message is help. And so if you know there's people like Christopher Nolan, he's like on your watch list now. It's like he's a, he's a guy that mm-hmm. does this sort of thing. Then you can go looking for it. 
And even when it's not necessary, in Memento, it's totally necessary. You can't miss it. Kind of like beats you over the head with this. <laughs> yeah. If you don't figure this out, then you missed it. But he has another movie, which is called The Prestige, which is all about how magic tricks are done in three acts. And if you know that Christopher Nolan is this clever kind of guy, and you step back and you look at the movie as if the movie is a magic trick, and then you can see the movie itself is done in those same three acts. Whoa. Right. And then you go, whoa. And then that's really cool. And it's sort of like little Easter egg, but it's like a macro Easter egg. Yeah. Over the course of a whole film. That you could totally miss in that movie if you didn't know to look for it. Hmm. But probably subconsciously, as we're sitting there watching the movie, because the medium of the movie storytelling and the format is telling that same message, probably we are experiencing it maybe on a less than conscious level, hmm. which is, I think, really cool. And that's one of the things I really like about this thing, whatever it is, I'm calling it the medium is the message, is it like kind of hits you on all cylinders. Mm. Like you've got that mental, you've got the emotional, then you have this kind of subconscious, like what happened to me? You know, it was really <laughs> interesting and different maybe. Hmm. I just have to insert here that I would love to hear a podcast someday between you and Kendra about the prestige because you both uh, have a, a deeper appreciation for that movie, I would say. <laughs> I would love to hear you guys discussing all those those little aspects of it and the filmmaker aspects and storytelling yeah, genius I, of it. And I should say that's the thing I like most about it. Okay. That, that, that thing of the three acts and it's mm -hmm. about the three acts is like what I, so I'm specifically appreciating that aspect of it. There's, it's not my favorite Christopher Nolan film at all. So, but that, he, he's done it again. You know, that's the sort of my, <laughs> yeah. my point for that. Well, I would love to hear uh, Kendra's take on it. Yeah. If we could ever get her on this I show. Know, right? Maybe we should invite her as a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> One day, maybe we'll maybe, do that. Yeah, if we get around to it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, um, since you're talking about Christopher Nolan, I, I am not smart enough or versed enough in filmmaking to catch all of these things, but somebody smarter than me uh, via a YouTube video pointed out to me how his movie Inception um, is actually a really clever commentary on our relationship with movies. Um, mm. That so many people are, you know, arguing about was he still in a dream or was he in reality and all of this. And, and basically what Christopher Nolan has done through the whole movie is just toy with our perception of reality. Because the point of the whole thing is, guys, it's a movie. It's None of it was real. <laughs> you are about to wake up and go to your real life. Uh -huh. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, whatever his name was, I don't remember now. Like, no matter what in this movie was real to him or not, like, and um, the commentator made a really interesting point of, like, one of his points that he makes to the character who represents us, who doesn't know anything, and everybody explains things to her so that we can know what's going on. Yeah. And he's talking to her about constructing dreams, and he says, do you know how we got to this cafe today? Do you remember coming to this cafe? And she's like, no. And he's like, see, you always just are in the middle of a dream. You don't know how you got there. Well, that's exactly what happens in every single scene of a movie. We never watch them walk to the cafe and go in and order their drinks and sit down. It just cuts to the most important parts. So anyway, that's uh, another example from the same director yeah. of using the medium as, as the message. 
which may be possibly lots of us miss as we're just like awesome zero gravity fight scene which it's right. still a great movie even right. if you don't really think about all of that and, and that's actually a really good point for kind of discovering this thing that i'm talking about is we could ask ourselves would that message of inception have worked if it was a comic book or if it was a novel or if it was a poem or something, mm. it wouldn't have had the same effect because it's especially movies that we, you know, allow to do that to us. That's true. And so we can ask ourselves that question about, about these sort of things. Like, like my original example, can I ask you a question? Would that have worked as a painting? Well, <laughs> it's not really about, no. Mm. So we can see like the medium and the, and the message are kind of married in that sense. And so that, so that reminds me of another, uh, another example, uh, which I want to bring up is um, Psalm 13, 33. Psalm 33 from the Bible is, I think, an example of this because it's all about, it's not all about, but it has this very clear line. It's like sing a new song. Mm. And so you can imagine that this was originally a, a new, new song, song. <laughs> that was written for people to do what? to sing and then one of the lines they're all sitting there singing wherever they are or if it's maybe a performance is sing a new song and so it's like it's doing what it says to do mm. it's it's exactly embodying its own message so basically something that all these things have in common is it's sort of a wink to the audience it's sort of a breaking the fourth wall acknowledging a sort of sort of self-aware, haha! I'm doing what I'm saying I'm doing, sort of. Yeah, in, in a way, it is. But I, I have a limit to <laughs> to the things that I like, like too obvious of a wink or too like blatant. That Simpsons example is pretty blatant, and they, you know, they're notorious for being super, you know, obvious and and it's sort of witty. But I have like one example that I think of, like maybe that somebody say, oh, then you must like Ocean's 12 because they totally <laughs> do this. And I hate Ocean's 12. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to say I hate it, but... But you just did. So there I'm doing the next thing I want to talk about, which is my self-destructing. So Ocean's 12, what a spoiler, should we say it? Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> it sounds better in stereo. So Ocean's 12 breaks the fourth wall to such a degree that it becomes nonsense. <laughs> they, they say in the movie that the character Tess, who's played by Julia Roberts, looks so much like Julia Roberts <laughs> that they can trick someone into thinking this is actually Julia Roberts and not Tess. And that doesn't work because <laughs> she's not actually Julia Roberts and not and. and well, what I mean is, they're, they're wrong. <laughs> she, is <laughs> she is Julia Roberts. And not Tess. And so it's not a trick, but nobody seems to know it. And then they have Bruce Willis in there doing the same thing. But why did they need Julia Roberts? Why couldn't they have used Brad Pitt? Why couldn't they have used... There's, you know, everyone in the movie is eligible for that joke. But right. no, we've got to only... It only works with Julia Roberts. That like breaks its own rule. Right. And so that is not cool. To me and not fun and I don't like that. So another example that you might say is kind of like that but I think actually does work is there's this really great video game Myst. We could mm -hmm. do a whole podcast on Myst because it's really really great. 
inaugurated a genre, MYST, if you want to go download retro video game and, and play it. <laughs> Very fun. There's a secret passage, which is a bookshelf. And if you touch a picture on the wall, the bookshelf, spoiler alert, <laughs> turns into a secret passage. Mm-hmm. But the picture is a picture of the secret passage. Mm. And so it's like, well, what's the difference between that and the test thing in Ocean's 12? Well, no, no, no. The, because the message is, hey, psst, touch this picture mm. and you get a secret passage. It's helped. The message is helped by mm. the media. And it's like even more true. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Ocean's 12, it's less true because right. of the way they package that and the way they chose their... You've wording. broken the whole world of the movie. You broke your own rules, yeah. You broke your you broke the whole you kind of broke the idea of movie as opposed to inception, mm. which is like toying with the idea of movie. Mm. So I guess I prefer like toying with than like straight up breaking something. <laughs> I would say a similar example to what you're talking about where they sort of undermine themselves would be the new movie, um, the new Annie uh film version of the musical Annie. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, It's very good. I love it. But they definitely, I think because people are a little bit, maybe not sick of musicals, but because it's been done before, it's like they have to sort of make fun of themselves. And so many, many times someone starts singing and the people around them behave like, why is this person singing right now? That's so odd. Whereas in the world of a musical, that's, that's a normal thing and it's supposed to happen as if it's just that character's perception of reality, not the actual reality. And so it does kind of break itself because Mm. then there are way more ridiculous situations where people are dancing and singing in public places and nobody seems to respond to them. But then there are also moments where the people around them are like, what is is happening? Why is this person singing right now? So it, it kind of breaks the genre by winking at itself like that. And only occasionally... Winking. Exactly. And not not making it part of the world. It's hard to maintain that, <laughs> you know, if, especially if you're, you got to make a whole movie and it's got to be actually enjoyable. Right. So, yeah, I, I would say that's not what I like. I'd mm. say it's, it's internally inconsistent, maybe, or not, not really helping its own message. If mm. the whole musical, Annie, is about how musicals don't work, <laughs> yeah. then that would be okay, or at least more okay. Right. With me. But I don't think that's the message of Annie. I mean, <laughs> I have really. seen an older version of it, and that's not really no, the, a big part the of it. The message doesn't change yeah. in the new one. Yeah, okay, good. It just gets a little bit more, uh, yeah, self-aware or just needs to make fun of itself. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Disney movies are doing that these days, right. too, where right. they know we're all aware of the tropes. And right. so they just straight up say we're doing, you know, the... I think of in Big Hero 6 yeah. when they say, oh, guys, this is our origin story. And right, right. Things like that. But again, if those characters were all like reading comic books all the time. Which and, they were. And they're seeing that they all have origin stories and then they're still like in their own, you know, it kind of works better, I would say, if mm-hmm. if it makes sense for them in their world. But for Annie, it sounds like it doesn't even work in their world. Yeah, it doesn't. it doesn't fully work. So that that leads me to like the back side of the coin, like the thing I really like, the like the dark side, the shadow side of this, I would say is like a total self-destruct mm-hmm. of logic or artistry or something. So like back to my very original example, can I ask you a question? If I change that sentence to say, this is a question, 
Okay, I see that. That's it's not a question. Right. And so it has by existing in that form, it has self-destructed. Right. And maybe some people would say that's so awesome. You're <laughs> you know, you're you're blowing my mind or something. <laughs> I'm not as interested in that. I think that's really easy to do mm-hmm. and not as fun or cool. And I think a lot of people accidentally do it. Mm-hmm. without realizing or without meaning to or maybe not not enough time to fix it or something. <laughs> so another example of this is like I can I can think about you can imagine. Let's just imagine a class about how to teach well, how to be a good teacher of preschoolers, high schoolers, of college students, doesn't matter. And imagine that the whole message is please don't just lecture. Don't just stand there and blah 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 and the students will go to sleep. That doesn't work, people. And yet the class itself, you guessed it. <laughs> lecture format. Lecture with PowerPoint. Well, I, we both have backgrounds in education, and so I'm sure this example isn't entirely hypothetical. Trying to keep it friendly, <laughs> trying to keep it open. Yes. And uh, so that would be a, like a self-destructing message, mm-hmm. where the medium and the message are in direct conflict. Right, and the medium d- undermines the message. Yeah, and I, I really like to recognize that because mm-hmm. I think we all do that to yeah. a certain extent. I mean, you, I've, I've, I haven't said this exact sentence, but I've probably meant it where I say, I hate judgmental people. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I haven't ever gone... Everybody be quiet! <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think there's this little quirk about human nature where we all are victims of falling into that trap. Mm-hmm. And so... That's probably why I like to look for it. Hmm. So what is it about this whole topic that that draws you in or that, that made you want to talk about it? Well, thank you for asking that. I think at its very surface level, it's like a really big treasure hunt that I'm always playing. Mm-hmm. I, I love treasure hunts. I could talk a long time about that too. <laughs> so that like at this very surface level, it's like, ooh, another example of this and a little Easter mm-hmm. egg or an example of the bad thing, the self-destruct thing. Ooh, another example of that. But then if you go down, you know, a little lower, it's probably in the category of irony or, mm-hmm. you know, situational irony or something like that. And then if you go even deeper than that, then I think we're getting into this, I, I'm really looking for truth like instead of just a a normal level of truth it's like a two-dimensional or a three-dimensional truth Mm. whereas before it was just a you know that message was very good but then adding the medium to the message makes it more dimensional makes it a stronger truth and i think that's i think we're kind of experiencing a very small fraction of a corner of the character of god at its very base level. That's as deep as I can drill down. Whereas he, you know, God is, you know, if there's a God, if you believe there's a God, he's this super powerful, super loving, super everywhere uh, guy who has this character. And that character seeps into his creations. And by uncovering consistencies in these truths in his creation... We're somehow seeing how consistent, how super consistent the creator himself is. Mm-hmm. And that's like really mind-blowing to me. 
and probably why we're so bothered by that self-destruct thing hmm. is that that doesn't that's not going to work on a cosmological level you know yeah. we couldn't be here if everything was like that little flaw <laughs> like that powerpoint lecture about don't use powerpoint in your lectures mm. then nothing would work and so i somehow i can't really explain it very well but i somehow zoom way out to the macro macro level and there's something about god's character that we're we're just you know brushing up against hmm. well that got really deep I know. I'm a little surprised. <laughs> Why did you have to ask that last question? Let's go back to the Simpsons. <laughs> I, I actually do have another way more um, simple and silly example, if oh. I may stick it in here. Yeah, let's lighten end. it up. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's a really fun <clears throat> YouTube channel called Pitch Meeting. Oh, yes. And he does um, pitch meetings. Basically, acts as the writer pitching an idea to the producer... And saying, hey, you know what we should do? And pitching real movies, but that are have ludicrousies in them. And like, how on earth did that get accepted and get the stamp of approval is the whole point of it. And he does a pitch meeting, pitch meeting of himself pitching the idea of the pitch meeting YouTube channel to a producer. And it's just very funny and and self-depreciating and self-referential and really and exposes the little secrets of how he's going to try and make it work and going to make people swallow it through the course of this episode. I have seen that. <laughs> I, I love that one. It's great. The pitch meeting is very funny anyway. And yes. then for him to do a pitch meeting about the pitch meeting <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah. It totally helps his message because his, his whole point is these things are all kind of bad. Like these movies are kind of bad, and so let's point, let's poke holes in how bad they are. And then he, by doing this, he's like, I have to admit, my pitch meeting is kind of bad too. You know, I've, I'm guilty of all the same stuff. We all have flaws. Yeah, yeah. and cheap shots and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So his message has helped. Mm -hmm. He's actually better communicated what he's trying to communicate. And I, I think, yeah, I think humor probably does this better than, than other things. Hey, I have a question. Why do you get to be the host on this uh, Patchwork Girl and Friends? I'm just as much a friend as you are. That's true, but it was my idea. But uh, <laughs> how about I take a turn being the host anyway? Okay, <laughs> passing the baton. All right, so let's see. There's really only, I really only have one job as host, which is to say, so Ebeth. Yeah. Thanks for joining me on the show today. No problem, Albert. My w pleasure. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> or what's something you really like? Well, what I really like and what I want to talk about today is the Patchwork Girl podcast. Oh my gosh. This is something that we've both experienced somewhat. I am probably the most avid listener of the podcast. I imagine Kendra's mom has also heard most of the episodes, but I have definitely heard every single one and given feedback. And um, yeah, I just really like Kendra's podcast, which is why I really wanted to do this to... Uh, to surprise and, and support her. It is great. I remember when I first found out she was doing a podcast, my first thought was, of course. Right? <laughs> yes. This is the greatest idea. It is. Kendra knows some incredibly fascinating people. I love the interviews because she just finds people who have a really deep interest 
in really random things that then you find yourself being drawn in and, and being really interested in. So I love it that she just has this huge variety of acquaintances from many different cultures and backgrounds and and is able to, you know, mostly about arts and, and in the field of arts and entertainment, but just really draw out their interesting thoughts on a variety of subjects. And so I just love hearing sort of the variety of Kendra's experience summed up in, in all the people that she's able to bring on the show and talk to about all their different, um, you know, everything from, from the movies that they like to a specific song that they like to, you know, a, historical events as captured in various different um, media and yeah so I feel like I'm learning something and also just hearing um, the hearts of a lot of different really diverse and fascinating people and that's something we've talked about you and I have talked about before is it's way easier to learn something and be interested in mm. something when you're with somebody who's just so passionate or into the subject. Totally, totally. And that's so the second thing I really appreciate that Kendra's podcast is overwhelmingly positive. Um, people are talking about the things that they love. And we've talked about, you know, I love pitch meeting and I love these different things, but basically a lot of popular um, podcasts and series and whatever thrive off finding faults and picking at the negative aspects of yeah. different things. And I love it that on the Patchwork Girl podcast, you hear people just passionately talking about the things that they love, which may be flawed things and which may be controversial things. And they admit that. Right. But it still has made an impact and you hear the, the, the human impact and, and, and the, the defense of the positive aspects. Of, of the various um, movies and media and things. And I feel like that's a lot harder to do. Yeah. It's easy to make fun of things. And Kendra and I have talked about this actually too at, at some length. It's, it's very easy to poke holes in things. It's easy to make yourself look cool and aloof by not engaging in things. But the willingness to fully and wholeheartedly engage in something and admit um, how much it means to you and how much it has impacted you, that's, that's harder and that's a lot more brave of a thing to do, I think. So I appreciate both Kendra and her guests for the positivity of really bringing out um, the positive aspects and defending these things that they love and admitting that they love them. That's a really good point. And I think uh, the idea of it being easy to be negative, it's hard to be positive, I don't know, has it always been like that or is it more like that these days? <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's probably always been like that to an extent, but certainly these days you don't get any cool points mm -hmm. for being really into something that does have flaws. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't get any cool points for saying, I realize that this is flawed, but it has really impacted me yeah. and changed who I am and I can accept something as a fully well-rounded complicated uh -huh. e even people you know yeah. these days it's hard to you're not you're you got to be really careful who you choose to admire yeah. and who you admit that you admire because if they're flawed in the wrong ways then then you get thrown into a basket of oh well you know this person was was flawed in this way so therefore you support all of their flaws because yeah. you admire this person and well how could no, we possibly that's... live if that were the case, right? <laughs> yeah, 
thankfully, um, we, we are all flawed and complicated people and there are people willing to love and forgive our flaws and look past yeah. um, the things that we genuinely suck at and <laughs> still appreciate the things that we don't suck at. <laughs> yeah, and Kendra and her guests, they're so positive about the thing that they're talking about. I mean, that's why they're on the show. Mm-hmm. And the positivity is contagious. Yes. I, I remember there's been several episodes where, you know, so-and-so talking about XYZ, whatever it is. And I think to myself, I don't really like XYZ. And then I listen to the podcast and I kind of like it more <laughs> yes. at the end. Well, I'll admit, I went back and watched the entire High School Musical trilogy um, and Ben-Hur. And there's been a couple of books that I went out and purchased as a result. <laughs> I, and I Facebook stalked several people that I heard on her podcast and looked at their art. And yeah, I definitely developed a new appreciation for a bunch of things after listening to the episodes on the Patchwork Girl podcast and just hearing people love them. <laughs> yeah, so it's really encouraging that we all know negativity is contagious, but we now have evidence. We have proof <laughs> that positivity is contagious too. Yes, well, we have anecdotal evidence anyway. Here's my, my story. Kendra's positivity has positively affected me. Well, that's very positive. It is. <laughs> so yeah, basically what it boils down to is I just really love Kendra. Yeah. And that's something you and I have in common. Yeah. Um, I'm really sad that she lives on the other side of the world from me now, but this podcast has been a really fun way to feel like we're still connected and, um, and to remind me of the ways in which I want to be more like her. Yeah. I want to be someone who sits down with people and really listens and asks good questions and draws out those passions and gets them talking about the things that they love. And, you know, when you sit down with Kendra, you feel like you're the only person in the world. You know, she's focused and she's just genuinely interested. Yeah. And in things that I would not have necessarily thought it possible to be genuinely interested in. Yeah. And yet she is just genuinely interested in because it's important to you. Right. It becomes important to her, even if she's never thought about it before. And so that ability and that, that just gift of, of drawing out people's passions and giving them a platform to talk about it and appreciate it and not be judged for the things that, that they love. Yeah. Um, I think this is an important podcast and I love that about it. And I'm going to keep listening. Yeah, well, you actually hosted, uh, I mean, I co-hosted a little bit, uh, an episode of the podcast, and I would have to say you've been very positive. Oh, well, thank you. You as well. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I could have been more positive. I think I was very flawed. I, well, I think I actually used the word hate at one point. You know, I'm willing to look past that, Albert, and see you as a whole person. Oh, my goodness. I'm just now realizing <laughs> this whole thing is the thing. This is the thing that I'm talking about. Like you're being positive on a podcast about a positive podcast. <laughs> We're doing it. We, we just uh, walked into that. How amazing. Well, here we go. Oh, wow. I've, I've got to just go and think about this now. <laughs> so if Kendra publishes this podcast, you can put it in your file along with the pitch meeting, pitch meeting and all the self-referential Simpsons episodes and everything else. And Belgian painters and everything else. <laughs> exactly. Wow, this is it. Well, here we go. I, I can't think of a better way to end than that. Well, well, let's end then. Let's just end with odd silence.
Thank you so much for listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. Make sure to check out the artwork I make for every episode on Instagram and Facebook. You can support The Patchwork Girl and Friends by using the Anchor app. And you can also use the Anchor app to send me random quotes and recommendations that I can use in future episodes. <laughs>